it's uh, no secret that I'm pretty Lutheran. The more I learn and read and experience about God at work in the world, I just keep getting pulled back to this God of grace that we find in this Lutheran theology. But, and this may also come as a surprise to some of you, there are other denominations out there. And I can get pretty stuck in thinking that my denomination is right. I mean, I I get stuck in thinking I'm right about a lot of things, but in particular this one. And honestly, I assume a lot about another person when I hear what denomination they associate themselves with. For example, if somebody says that they're Missouri Synod, Lutheran, I automatically know how they feel about women preachers. And my, my assumption is probably true, but also it just puts up a wall right off the bat, right? Now, maybe you don't do this with denominational differences like I do, uh, but most of us do this for groups of different kinds, right? Race, religion, country of origin, political affiliation. We hear just one detail about a person, and we think we know exactly what they are all about. And usually that tells us if they are on our side or the other side. We slowly and surely, sometimes not even with bad intentions, start drawing a nice line in the sand, making two clear sides, right? We say, I'm going to make a circle, and I'm going to be on the inside with the people who are right, and you are going to be on the outside with the people who are not right. I know I'm not alone in doing this, but I will be the one to say that I do it, so you don't have to. We like to think the way we do things, the way we believe things, is the right way. And so I think the disciples, in particular John today, but also our our text from Numbers with Moses, is so relatable. John is so relatable in today's gospel. Before we get into that, let's just remember quick where we are in the scope of Mark's gospel. So a few weeks ago, I preached that Mark's gospel made this clear shift between Christology, this talking and learning about Christ, over to discipleship, which is what it looks like to follow Christ. And then the weeks since then have been just that, messages and reminders and teachings from Jesus about what it looks like to follow Jesus. Two weeks ago, Jesus managed the expectations of his disciples, Peter especially, saying, you know, following me is not really going to go the way you think it's going to go. And last week, Pastor Chad preached about Jesus having to do this discipleship lesson yet again as the disciples argued amongst themselves about who would be the greatest when Jesus came into glory. Last week, Jesus said the first will be last, and the last will be first. And then he picked up a child and reminded the disciples that whoever welcomes one like this welcomes him. Like this, Jesus said. I I said at the last service I'd really hoped uh, Katie's son Wally would have been in here last week because he loves Pastor Chad, and he would have just jumped in his arms for this great illustration of holding a baby while telling this, this is what the kingdom looks like, right? Holding a kid Right on his, I picture his hip. It says his knee in the text, but really I kind of picture him just sitting him right there. 
And then we come to this week. And while we here have had a whole week's pause, those gathered around Jesus have not. We ended last week at verse 37. We start this week at verse 38. This is continuous in lesson form for Jesus and his disciples. He is still holding a child on his knee. And while that's happening, John, one of the disciples who is closest to Jesus, one who was on the mountaintop with Jesus at the transfiguration at the start of this ninth chapter, John, the beloved disciple, comes up to Jesus and says, Teacher, we just saw someone casting out demons in your name, and we tried to stop him because he was not following us. Kind of hear this in like the little kid tattletale voice, too, that Katie talked about in kids' time. Teacher, we saw someone casting out demons in your name. Right? You hear it. Now notice what John says here that is wrong. It's not that he's healing that's wrong. It's that he's not following us. He's not one of us, Jesus. And I get John here. He's like, Jesus, we've been with you. We left everything We've given up so much to follow you. We were chosen by you. You chose us. Remember that? Not this guy. You didn't choose him. He hasn't been following you for years. He hasn't learned anything from you. He has not been properly trained. Now, I personally feel John here because you can get ordained online in five minutes for free. The website for the Universal Life Church says when you get ordained on their website, you'll be granted all the rights and privileges afforded to clergy members of other faiths, including the ability to perform weddings. Ordination also opens the door for you to start a personal ministry and to preside over religious and spiritual ceremonies. And a direct quote from the website, unlike traditional religious organizations, we don't require years of training or expensive courses to become a member of the clergy. If only I had known how much easier it could have been. (laughs) Five minutes instead of four years and no Greek or Hebrew sounds pretty great, actually. So, yes, I feel John here. I did all the things I was supposed to do, Jesus. That's what John says. I did it. I did all the stuff right. And this guy, just show up, start doing stuff in your name. And Jesus says, Don't stop him, which we know is definitely not the answer John wanted, right? Jesus' answer is a response, is an echo to the numbers text we heard this morning as well, where Eldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp and someone comes to tell Moses, hey, these guys are doing your job out there. And Moses said, oh, would that we were all prophets, <laughs> which I just love that response. He's like, listen, if everybody could do this with me, we'd maybe get a lot more done. Don't stop him, Jesus says. Whoever is not against us is for us. Now that is a wide net A wide enough net to make most of us pretty uncomfortable. That net makes me really uncomfortable. Because that means there are people who are going to be out there doing good work in the name of Jesus with some theology that I do not agree with. I mean, like, they wouldn't like me being up here in this pulpit theology that I don't agree with, right? 
Most mornings as I get ready for work or commute up here from South Minneapolis, I listen to a podcast from the New York Times called The Daily. It's just like a little recap of the news. And during uh, Hurricane Florence in North and South Carolina, they focused in on this one group of men who were Christians, kind of show up in this trailer, and they park it in different parking lots, and they just are there to help, right? You can come, and they'll help you get your house cleaned up, and they'll help you take care of stuff. And they say, we don't say the word fix, because we can't fix everything, but we say help. Now, the story was all about showing up to help when it felt like God wasn't there. Like, they go to the places where people feel like God isn't there to show them that God is there. And they had uh, Pastor Jim Pennington. They had interviewed this guy, and they, uh, they talked to him about what they were doing. And he said, I believe we express our love for God when we love our neighbor. It's easy to say, I love God, he said. But put on some boots. Get your hands dirty. Show your love for your neighbor by showing up. And I was like, yeah, Pastor Jim. And then I found out he's the lead pastor of Temple Baptist Church in North Carolina. And yeah, I was like, oh, man. That guy would not agree with me on a lot of things. But boy, if I didn't shout amen at my radio when they quoted Pastor Jim in that interview. Jesus cast this wide net And says to John, don't stop them. They are doing good deeds of power in my name. Jesus essentially says, let's share this work of healing and restoring community. Doesn't that sound great? And all I could think as I'm reading this text and thinking of this story and remembering what Jesus is saying, all I can think is, is Jesus asking me to work with people I don't 100% agree with for the sake of helping others? And you guys, yeah, I think this might be what Jesus is saying. Shoot, (laughs) right? And just in case you are like me and you hear this and you start to go to that place like, no, no thank you, Jesus. There are a lot of kind of awful Christians out there doing and saying really hateful and awful things to people who need to be shown love. I am with you. I get it. But Jesus doesn't stop there. And in what seems like kind of a non sequitur, Jesus says, if you put a stumbling block before one of these little ones, and remember, he is still holding that kid. It would be better if you had a millstone. That's that big stone that squishes the, the wheat when they rotate around on the wheel. It's the big bottom one. The millstone is the one that, that they put on top. Anyway, it's this huge wheel around your neck and get thrown into the sea. Right? It would be better for you to be thrown into the sea to drown than putting a stumbling block before one of these kids. Now, it can seem a little out of the blue, a little harsh even, but Jesus is making this important point. He had been talking about discipleship. How arguing about being the first in line is missing the point. How following Jesus looks more like welcoming children. And then in Pops John, I just find this to be like movie seen clear in my head. Jesus, just picture it, still holding a kid. Just picture Wally, it's a good one. Trying to get it across to these wayward disciples, saying, whoever welcomes one like this welcomes me. 
And then John pops in, hey, uh, Jesus, there are these guy over here healing people in your name, and we tried to stop him. And Jesus, still holding that kid, looks at John and just sighs. I imagine him sighing, shaking his head, and just adds it right into the mix of what he's already teaching. He just adds it to this lesson about discipleship. You still think it's about position and power. It's not. It doesn't matter that this guy isn't one of us. What matters is the work he is doing in my name. So, no, I'm not going to stop him. You know who I am going to stop, though? People who put a stumbling block in front of these little ones. Again, still holding the baby. That word stumbling block in the Greek is skandalizo. It's where we get this word scandal. It means when you cause someone to fall away or to cause distrust. Jesus says the people who cause others to fall away from following him, they are the ones we need to stop. The people, he says, who hurt children while he's holding a child. The people who hurt kids, little ones without a voice or without position in society, Those are the ones who are against us. The people who prey on the vulnerable and the weak, the already victimized, the outcast, the ostracized, those people are not doing good in my name. They aren't healing anyone. Those are the ones who need to be stopped. Not this guy. Not someone healing others. And then all those harsh words Jesus speaks about cutting out eyes and cutting out feet, it's not for the ones who are doing good. Those harsh words are the ones who, for the people who are hurting people. If your hand is hurting a kid, cut it off. If your hand is hurting someone, cut it off. It is better to enter the kingdom of God without two hands than to use it to harm others. That is why it matters that Jesus is still holding on to this kid in this moment. The lesson has not changed because John still doesn't get it. And honestly, we still don't get it. We, too, have drawn lines and boundaries and made judgments when what we are being asked to do is follow Jesus. We, too, have held on to our own beliefs and ideals and values and education and our belief in our rightness over the gospel. Jesus reminds us not to limit what God is doing to what we think God should be doing. And that over and over again, as many times as the disciples and honestly as we need to hear it, Jesus teaches us it is always about this wide net. That every time we draw the circle marking who is in and who is out, Jesus is on the other side. And so instead of spending our time trying to make the circle wider and wider, we're spending all our time and energy drawing circles. Jesus says, just stop drawing circles. Just stop. Go. Serve. Love. 
take care of those who need you to take care of them. He says as he's holding a kid. This is what God has already done for you. Would that all the Lord's people were prophets, Moses said, and that the Lord would put the Spirit upon them. Well, guess what? That has happened already. We have received the Holy Spirit. The Spirit is upon each and every one of you. We get to share in this work of doing good and healing and loving and serving. So to quote Pastor Jim Pennington from Temple Baptist Church in North Carolina, let's put on some boots and get our hands dirty and show our love for our, for our God by our love for our neighbor. Amen. Christ will